0: like no you have to have a balance of marketing a strategy you have to have your sphere that you're working with which a lot of times we start with our sphere it may not go anywhere but you still have to connect those dots you got social media there's too many other avenues besides just walking up to people and saying hey excuse me do you know anybody that wants to buy a house right
1: right. so
0: i i put in money before i even started like
1: All right, y'all, I have another episode today. I have Benicia Poole Watson with me. Hey, y'all, look, listen, listen. The reason why I had her on is because I have quite a few clients that are in real estate. I've watched a lot of them. Uh, their business slowed down in the last 18 months. But Benicia's business, from what I see on Instagram and when we talk briefly, is like blowing up. So I wanted to have her on here uh, because there's obviously something that she's doing that not only realtors, but other business owners can 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 learn from um, as far as like how to stand out when your market overall turns a little bit cold. So thanks for coming on the show, Benisha. I appreciate it.
0: Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me.
1: How, how'd you end up getting into real estate?
0: So I basically was working a normal job, just like most people, a corporate job, nine to five. Um, and... What happened was I was living in D.C., working in a headquarters facility. I'm one of the youngest people working in my position, and I'm running an office. So obviously, I'm following the standards and guidelines of what they say you should do, which is go to the next level with your job. I have a couple master's degrees, I have a lot of degrees, and I'm utilizing that and taking advantage of that in my corporate job. So long story short is, as I'm moving up the ranks, I'm younger than everybody else, so they keep saying okay, your age is a factor. Your age is a factor. You know, you need a little bit more experience. And I'm like, I'm checking all the boxes. What else can I do? Mm -hmm. So they said, take a position outside of the D.C. area. I'm actually from L.A., but I had moved to D.C. for this job. (laughs) So now they're telling me, take a position outside of this area, and then that's going to give you, you know, some more backing, right? So I Mm -hmm. said, all right. So... I put in for, three, for a position, three positions, one's in Dallas, one's in Vegas, and one's in L.A., because I said, if this doesn't work out, at least I can migrate back to the West Coast. And so I get my first choice, which is Dallas. I get to Dallas. I work for a year. They said, after 12, 18 months, we're going to come back. We're going to call you, and you'll run an office somewhere in New York, Chicago, Detroit, Anywhere outside of where, you know, the normal places that people want to go where it's sunny and because I had to raise my hand for stuff that no one wanted to do in order to be successful in my business, right? My job, mm-hmm. which was fine. So I was willing to take that L and go to Chicago, Milwaukee, whatever. I just wanted to get in. 28 years old. Okay, so time passes by, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months passing by. I still didn't get promoted. And by 20, almost getting into, going into three years, two and a half years, I started asking, wait a minute, is this for me? Am I supposed to be doing this? Am I chasing something that's that's my goal or someone else's goal? Because when I left D.C., there was kind of like a shift in the leadership. So when there's a shift, obviously, you know, everybody wants to be the big chief. So they reinvent the wheel. They start making changes. And the positions were still there, except. The people that i had connections to were being moved around right <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> so and, as i'm waiting
1: and, and their people huh
0: Yeah. so obviously it's all all about who you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: so you know and then when new people come in they can't just start barking on people they kind of got to go with the flow for a little bit fill it out and then make their moves. meaning i want someone so to go here you know but you got to fill out the leadership first can't just do that long story short I'm I'm, I'm coaching three years Hadn't been transferred out of Dallas Now I didn't didn't make any friends in Dallas I don't have any family in Dallas I just came here for this job I kept my head down I did my job And I was kind of feeling like You know I was never connected to Dallas I never knew I didn't even know the streets of, of Dallas I just knew how to get to my office and get home I had a small baby And that's all I knew So long story short is I just started praying and asking God for guidance and saying, you know, God, is this, am I on the right path? Am I supposed to be doing something else? Um, so that prayer turns into God, take, the, Jesus, take the will, turned into, you know, God give me the strength because I'm waiting patiently for someone to call me that probably never even going to call me. <laughs> and then it turned into, <laughs> it turned into, what's my real purpose, God? Where am I supposed to be? I supposed doing this for real, and then i am praying and praying and praying, and I'm just like put your footprints down on walking to God, all that stuff so after that, um I'm praying and praying and praying and praying, and I just started meditating like deeply, and I just started connecting myself more with with you know the spiritual grounding that's necessary when you're making a shift in your life and I didn't know what I was doing at that in the beginning, but I knew I know now as I'm speaking it. And I tell people my testimony. So I'm about eight months into praying. And I mean, I'm going day and night, going in, God, you know, lead me, guide me, show me where you want me to be, show me the direction. I'm going so deep, it's kind of like I don't hear anything around me, it's just pitch black. So at eight months, I hear a voice as I'm praying. It was a man's voice, like we're talking, and it said, get your real estate license. Now I didn't have any idea <laughs> about a real estate license. That was not in my mind. It was not in my forefront. And I'll go back a little bit because I actually started investing in real estate in 2007. But I started as a and I started as an investor buying, holding, and flipping homes. So I leveraged my credit just as a consumer with good credit a good job making over six figures. So I had the income and I had the credit and I bought one property and then I bought another property and then I bought another property. And the next thing you know, I had like 10 properties that I owned and I moved to Chicago. I bought something there and I just basically rented it out. So I was a landlord, but not even connecting the dots of what my future would become. So fast forward, I got to get your real estate license. So I immediately got up, I got on the computer, and I went to a school called KaplanRealEstate.com. Don't ask me how I found it. I'd have never heard of it. <laughs> but I ordered my books. It was $499, and um, my books came within 24 hours. I studied for about four months, and then I took the test. The te- they normally give you six months. I took it in four. And once I passed the test, um, my first week having a real estate license, it was pretty, pretty much my second day having a real estate license. I had a lady that with. she was looking for a home and it was $68,000. I negotiated it down to 60. It was an all cash deal and we closed in like 10 days. Ever since then, every week I've been getting deals. And my first year in real estate, I sold over 200 houses with my full-time job. So that's why when I meet people and they say, oh my God, I work. And I'm like, "You, I, I did this too. And I worked a demanding job to where... I had no time for myself. I had to balance everything. So, I say all that to say that, you know, first of all, that's how I got started. But secondly, you never know what your direction is because you're chasing something else. And, you know, that may not even be your true purpose or your passion or your real path. Just because someone said, your parents said, go to college and get a degree, you pick something. And that may not even be your path. But... No, yeah, yeah, that's how I got into real estate. <laughs> that, 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 it's been very I, lucrative since then. Yeah, and like who, who, then I got into my second year, and I sold like over three hundred and fifty. In my third year, I did three hundred and eighty.
1: So, and you're talking about homes, or or you're talking about what are you talking about when you say two hundred transactions? Transact, it, it, that's like yeah. a lot, right? I don't, I don't know. I'm ignorant. That's a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> the average sells
0: eight. <laughs> So how did so you start selling something? I how did you do 200 in the first year? So my first out the gate, I put $8,000 in the marketing. You have to pay for advertising. You have to get your name out there. Nothing is for free. You know what I mean? You can't just go out there and just start introducing yourself to people and think that's going to be it. Like, no, you have to have a balance of marketing, a strategy. You have to have your sphere that you're working with, which a lot of times we start with our sphere. It may not go anywhere but you still have to connect those dots you got social media there's too many other avenues besides just walking up to people and saying hey excuse me do you know anybody that wants to buy a house
1: right right. so
0: i i put in money before i even started like
1: excessive amount of money that's real so what so what what are some places that you're marketing that, that you're finding to be useful
0: at this point, I don't have to market anymore because all of my business is referral based, so I work off the bullseye effect so basically i I deal with you, I are my client, and I'll get you to bring me twenty more clients, which they always do Hm so I don't even have to really put myself out there anymore
1: got it so so let us let, start from where you were spending and let's work up into your referral process so what where did you start spending when you sold the two hundred deals. <sighs>
0: Let me think that was three years ago and I've done so many transactions, but I remember what I put my marketing into. I got my business cards, obviously your social media boosting the post. I paid for that. Um, let me see. Oh my God. There were so many things I did. Ugh, I can't even <laughs> remember. I'm so sorry. That? Um, I remember telling people about it, but I just don't remember it anymore. It's so far behind me that, man,
1: uh, no, let no, me think. No.
0: Come back to that question.
1: <laughs> no, I come back. So what about, the, what about the referral process? So you said you, you get your clients to refer you. How, how do you, um, you know, how do you help, you know, how do you convince your clients? And I convince your clients, motivate your clients to think about you to refer you people for business.
0: Okay, so it's all about the engagement and the relationship building. So for me, like, it's not just doing one deal together. I want to make sure that we have an everlasting relationship. So I go above and beyond with my clients. So I may have lunch with them occasionally. I'll come to their house. We'll sit down and have a a conversation. I have clients that I fly to on a a consistent basis. If I'm helping, like, a high-profile client, an athlete, or someone who is a professional CEO in a business, They may own a business. I had helped one of the biggest um, sandwich shops purchase, like, four homes. The owners of a sandwich shop, they're, like, really, really known all over the nation. Mm. And um, I helped them purchase four homes. They bought one for themselves, and then they referred their friends, and they brought their kids. So, you know, I flew to them in Illinois because they were like, hey, we're busy. We're on vacation, or we're we're just – we have so much going on. We can't get there at this point but we want to, we want to talk to you. So it's like, no problem. I'll fly up there. I went there like three times, small town Mm -hmm. in Illinois. So just going outside of the scope of what a normal real estate agent does, meaning half of them, sometimes a lot of people's business goes down because they don't answer the phone. And Mm -hmm. I picked up everything that they drop. I'm just waiting. And when I hear that someone else has done a crappy job, that's a great opportunity for me. So I capitalize on that stuff. Um, I also do a lot of outside of the scope of real estate again, where you're like my kids and stuff like that. Like I have, I have a small kid. She's eight. I have an older one. She's 21. Who's also getting her real estate license based on the fact that she came home for Christmas and I was living real good. (laughs) And she's like, what do I need to do to get my license?" I couldn't believe it. It was like, what? So, like, I bring my daughter with me, and I don't bring her because, you know, the first reason why I started bringing her is because I didn't have anybody to watch her. So she became like my assistant. So after I meet a client a couple of times and we're cool, I might bring my daughter. I know she's going to behave herself, and she's not going to give any problems. And making that connection, they may bring their kids, just making that family connection, they know that, you know, by any means necessary, I'm going to be there for them.
1: So. Uh, yeah, that, that does speak a lot. Right. That's. Yeah, I, I get that. What, what? what? So. So are you seeing the. Um, uh, what, what are your thoughts about the market? So where's the market, at least in DFW, where is it? Where is it slowing? Where is it still hot? You know, what are you doing to help clients that are in the slowing market still sell their home? I yeah. Like you, you so know. there
0: is a. Yeah, there's a slight shift in the market, in the real estate market. However, as an entrepreneur and a business person, in any business, you have to be ahead of the curve. You can't just go with the shift. You can't just be in the middle of it. You have to be at the forefront of it. You can't, if you're at the tail end of it, then you're too late. If you're in the middle of it, you're screwed. So if you're ahead of the curve and I'm riding my Harley, I'm on the open road and I know a curve's coming, I'm ready to turn. If I realize that the curve is there at the end, I'm off the cliff. So I'm already thinking 10 steps to keep my business productive. I have agents who need to eat. I have people who depend on my training. And if there's no clients, obviously there's no business. So we want to make sure that we're keeping our our clientele, you know, lined up. So, yes, there is a shift. It's affected a lot of people. And some people, they are not even – when it's your passion, it's almost like it's not work, even though – when it's your passion, you actually work harder. You know what I mean? But
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you put more time and more effort in. It actually is more gruesome and grueling when it's your passion because you put so much energy. But at the same time, it feels like fun. So for me, I just keep going with the curve. I just keep going ahead of the curve to keep that business driving and doing the same things I'm doing, except when you're doing business, obviously, you've got to have – 10 people lined up anyway to get one deal right. 10 real contacts to get one real appointment. So those hundred contacts a day in business means something that's just not talk. So I don't care if it's a curve or not, I'm still connecting with a hundred people all the time, every single day. Where do I get the hundred people from my business that I've already engaged with, keeping up with my fear. That is my local people who may not have ever purchased from me. Um, but it's connected to me through family and friends. So I'm still in those networks, I'm still recycling. It seems repetitive to do it, but you have to do it in order to keep getting that business going because it's that one person that forgot that she was a real estate agent that didn't see your post two weeks ago. So you have to keep doing the same thing over and over again.
1: Consistency. Yep, I I, I like it, I like it. um, what, one last question on the market, then we'll get to the five questions that I that I that I hear from from everybody, right? So, um, outside of Texas, I know at, at least on the coast, they're relatively expensive. But what, what what are your thoughts about Texas market? Do you think Texas has room to run on prices, um, or, or are there different pockets that are, you know, don't have much room? Different pockets that still have some room? You know, what are your thoughts on that?
0: I think that Texas is getting right where they need to be to be honest. I'm I'm from LA so obviously the market is ridiculous out there. In my neighborhood and I lived in South Central LA, those homes sell for eight, nine hundred thousand dollars right now. Mm-hmm. So and those are two bedroom, one bath, nineteen fifty two homes with no updates and <laughs> crack on the corner. So it's like when you're coming from these high profile areas, I lived in D C it's almost the same cost of living as L A. To me, when I got to Texas and I started buying property, I was like, let me hurry up and sign because I think that <laughs> they're going to tell me the pranks on you. So I always felt like this market in the um, South region was one of the lowest. This is a score. But as far as the market changing and it's shifting, the taxes are going higher. Yeah, it's, it's increasing. However, it's getting to where the market needs to be as far as in a nationwide perspective, the people who are from here, they're so, especially if you were born and raised here, I know there's a big difference between the implants who are like me versus the ones who have been born and raised here when they saw homes sell for $30,000. Their cap, to be honest, even when they have decent jobs, they're sitting with within the $130,000 to $170,000 range, the local people. So mm-hmm. to them, an increase in the market is traumatizing because they're used to paying six seven hundred dollars for rent. And then you go for a mortgage, $1,300 is out of their price range. When to me, my average price range was $2,500 to rent a house or an apartment when I was growing up. So it's like the market is, 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 doing, is creating a balance and it's doing what it's supposed to do. We're still lower than Atlanta, Georgia. We're still lower than some of the other higher, you know, high pro, um, profile areas in the South. Texas is winning to me. You can't get any better than that. We don't have any state tax. So it,
1: Tom. It, huh? uh, I was going to say, so, so you might be able to answer my other question. My other, so maybe, maybe the better question would be, how does like, um, you know, when you were paying $2,500, $2,500 a month in rent, um, is, is that normal for like middle income people? Like let's say a, a household, you know, married household making a hundred thousand combined, not, not a whole lot of money. But like, were they mm-hmm. paying twenty five hundred dollars in rent in in LA or DC? Yes,
0: that's the base.
1: That's kind of that's kind of the base. And so basically, they, mm-hmm. people, people's budgets adjust. They just you just used to spending more on housing on the coast, which is kind of what we're trending towards. Then how did what made exactly. up for it? So was it was the quality of life less, or did we make up? They make up for it because transportation was better, or how do you you know?
0: Yeah. Better? Obviously, on the East Coast, they have the train system. So if you really want to get on the train, you can. But to me, it was a balance. But again, I come from a different perspective of income because I've always made more than six figures, even when I was like 24 years old. So for me, my perception is a little bit different than someone who worked for a corporation where they were making minimum wage or lower than, or, you know, $50,000 or something like that. So I've always been outside of the normal budget. Hmm. as far as cost of living so um but i because i deal with people who are within those ranges is i know you know how to make sense of it and how it works me personally i've just never been in that category
1: got it no that makes sense so so basically as you know a good a good kind of thought would be we'll continue to, to to get more expensive and people will start renting more and or get used to a bigger part of their budget going to housing is that kind of how it plays out i mean you know right or wrong or a
0: <sighs> yes when it comes to the market in texas yes they do have to allocate a little bit more money towards it and also when you have your property tax that comes in dispute those property taxes
1: mm-hmm.
0: because that's your that's your right as as a homeowner you don't have to take what they give you. You can dispute it.
1: Right. Okay. If if you can go back and talk to 22-year-old Benicia, what would you tell her?
0: 22-year-old Benicia, first I would tell her that, that you're on the right track. <laughs> Everything you did was right on track. That's, that was aligned with your purpose and, and where God was going to shift you. Um, I would tell her to... Hmm, Twenty-two. Never allow anyone to tell you that you can't. Even though I always did, but there were some, there were some doubters. Oh, you're moving again. Oh, you gotta take that job. Oh, you're moving to DC from LA. Oh my God, you're gonna take your daughter with you. You gonna do this? And they were just like questioning, and it all made sense in the end. So. Mm-hmm. I would say, don't worry about what other people are saying. Do what you got to do. Do your thing.
1: Okay. And, and um, uh, I went blank on my next question. My next, oh, so money, money. What are what are three businesses you like to do business with? So these are three companies that you spend money with that you enjoy it. Say it again. So um, basically, I'm looking for three businesses that you do business with that you spend money with. That you really love to
0: do mm-hmm. business with. Um, let's see. Three companies that I spend money with that I would love to do business with.
1: No, no, not the mm-hmm. two that you that you like giving your money to. So you're like, hey, I like I like buying their goods and services, you know, because whatever. Oh, we have a bad connection. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Can you hear me now? yes i can hear you okay yeah no i'm sorry but basically i'm asking so like for example somebody might say hey philip i love i love spending money with amazon because you know they're convenient they're whatever so i'm, I'm just looking for three companies that you like spending money with
0: oh um Let's see, three companies I like spending money with. I practice the all-money-in concept. (laughs) So I don't really, like, spend a lot of money outside. Um, I would give my money to American Airlines (laughs) (laughs) because I love to travel and I enjoy their first-class section, even though the food could be a little bit better, but it's still a nice ride. Um, Who's another company? Let's see. And I don't splurge a lot. I don't really come out of pocket a lot just for frivolous things. But I do like a nice, um, nice timepiece. Mm-hmm. So I would go with Rolex because <laughs> their, um, their timepieces hold their value. So if I'm going to spend money it'll be with that company okay for a time piece. and i gotta take you back off of you not to steal your idea but yes amazon is awesome it's convenient i send my mom a lot of stuff on amazon and um an order for my daughter in college so i would i would say Amazon for good look you
1: know i like it amazon's my spot i started I, I I'm almost buying everything from Amazon. You know, you know I, I was still going to home Depot to get my yard insecticide and everything. And then I was like, wait a minute, let me hop on Amazon, see if Amazon got it. And I was like, man, they got everything. I was like, they about to just exactly everybody, they're like, <laughs> they're like the, the Costco for people under 60. You know, they got everything.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, they put the grocery stores out of business for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. We, we still do. Grocery, they even have you know. paper towels. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, okay, next, next question is: what, what do you like to uh, when you do get downtime, if if that ever happens? What do you like to watch um, on TV or as far as movies? Hmm.
0: I really don't watch a lot of TV, but when I do watch TV, I will catch up on a good Have or Have Nots by the Tyler Perry um, on the OWN
1: network by Tyler Perry. Oh, so you, I do like that show. Hey, that that acting is terrible. But if you get caught up in it, <laughs> it, 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 it hey, they they'll spend like five minutes asking the same question. Are you sure you want to go there? Yes, I'm sure I want to go there. But are you really sure you want to go there? Yes, I'm sure I want to go there. <laughs> but, hey, but but it's catchy. It's catchy. It's, we 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 used to watch it back in the day. Till I was like, Kelly, I can't do it anymore. I can't. I can't. <laughs>
0: it is it's so terrible but it's so like addicting and I saw this one episode I don't know if you saw this but Benny had got stabbed and anyways it was just horrible (laughs) (laughs) but I don't like the buffoonery so I can't invest my time in something that's just like mocking
1: craziness or Mm
0: -hmm. if it has like a little catch to it then I, I I can get on it so I like that show it has a little pizzazz to it
1: no, I'm with you. We we all gotta have our our stuff like that that we watch. And I I used to watch it, and it's like you said, it catch you. I was like, man, I can't. I have to force myself not to watch another episode so I wouldn't get sucked up in it. So right. So okay. So have a, have not. A, any other one that's good? Mm, I'm a fan of The Real Housewives. Yeah.
0: Okay. okay. Yeah. Oh, I do love um the Million Dollar Listings and the. HDTV's. Let me not let that out. Leave those out. Um I did get a call back from Million Dollar Listing, so they were looking at me to put me on one of the shows. And then another network was looking at me. So we got some stuff in the making. How could I forget this? <laughs> when you're talking about TV shows, I'm leaving out the two most important ones.
1: Nice. So well, that that would be exciting. Although although yeah, This is a side note. Have you ever thought about, like, just producing your own directly on YouTube and IGTV? I mean, it wouldn't cost, you know, it would cost relatively much. And so I can see you recouping your money 12 to 18 months from now.
0: Yeah. Actually, I've been approached by a couple of um, companies who have been, been interested in creating a show. So possibly putting it on straight to Netflix or a YouTube channel, stuff like that. So, yeah, that's definitely something i'm interested in
1: Mm -hmm. um where where do you get your news so when you're getting updated on what's going on in the world do you get it like off of google social media uh newspapers magazines tv how do you stay updated on what's going on
0: the first one is going to be my straight to the phone mostly the social media news the google and stuff like that i do watch i turn on the tv first thing in the morning and i do watch the news first thing in the morning I'm watching the WFAA which is a local channel and then I'll flip between CNN and Fox because I got to know what's going on on both levels. <laughs> <That>
1: makes, <laughs> make, makes sense. Makes sense. And yeah. last, last question what are the top three uh podcasts uh, that you listen to? First I listen
0: to yours that's number one. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> i don't really get on too many other podcasts besides yours so you're one two and three
1: hey i appreciate that appreciate you are welcome well um well look i know you're busy selling all these homes and so i appreciate you taking time out to 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 give away some of the secrets to, to folks listening um it, it means a lot that you took some time and, and gave back so thanks
0: Oh, you're welcome. I'm actually headed to an appointment now, so she's blowing me up on this phone and I could not click over. <laughs> but it's okay. Well, I'll, I'll get to her when
1: I get to her. I'll let you I'll let you get to her. Uh, All okay. right. Since, since you gave me a good podcast also, um, what's, what's a good book you're reading right now?
0: The best book that I'm reading right now is The Way of the Superior Man. I don't know who it's by. I don't have the book in front of me, but in this business, when you're engaging with high-profile people, you want to make sure that you're connecting on all levels. So that book is a must-read. That does sound like an interesting for book. women in business. Mm-hmm. It's it's a good read for men, for mostly men, but secondly for women.
1: Okay, yeah, I definitely have to check that out. How can folks? Oh, how can folks reach you if they're interested in? Get, you know getting a home valuation or just you know talking to you about real estate
0: yeah my number is area code eight one seven nine three nine zero eight four eight and if they call me i'll always answer
1: awesome righty and on and instagram do you have folks follow you on instagram too is that a good place to catch you
0: yeah my, yeah my i g is B as and boy e n a i SHA underscore underscore.
1: Perfect. Alrighty.